0: Be the best, and you got to pay no price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do the little extra things to get it.
1: Welcome to the Eleven Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host Jordan Rodrigue, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host Rich Hammond Rich, how we doing?
2: You know, doing okay, Jordan. I, I'm sorry I was I was a little late to, to the start of the podcast. You know, I've been I've been hanging out by my mailbox um, because I've, I've been waiting, you know. I, I know, the, I know the big McVeigh wedding is coming up, and you know, I wasn't concerned when the invitation didn't come like a few months early. I know people. You, know, you win the Super Bowl, you, things happen, right? You don't get your invitations out as quickly, but you know, the week of, I kind of thought like it's, you know, it's getting kind of close, and and it hasn't shown up, and I, I don't know, you know, the post office, you know, things get lost. So supply
1: chain, supply yeah, chain. Yeah, I mean, there, yeah.
2: there's issues, right? I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to complain, but so you know. A bit probably tomorrow, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm certainly excited uh, about that. And uh, as soon as I find out where it is and when it is, and you know what the attire is, then then I'll be ready.
1: Well, you know, I didn't want to necessarily open the show with breaking news, Rich. Uh, more like heartbreaking news for oh, you, no. but. No. You know, I I was talking with Sean uh, today and, you know, just just had to let you down easy. I I got assigned the task. Um, He was going to um, run you your invitation, but he decided to pass.
2: Uh, (laughs) I can't even be angry about that one, Jordan. That was so good.
1: (laughs) okay we're actually on zoom today guys so like i got to see rich's face as uh, that all happened
2: i i could i could hear it coming like a like a train
1: like a train in the night and you're yeah, nailed to the tracks. yeah
2: like i, I just there's no way i just had to sit there and, and take it um that's fantastic jordan
1: i also want to let our our uh, wonderful listeners know that um I uh, if you hear a sound in in the background um some of you may know my dog Tucker uh via his his Twitter and then um his or his uh my postings of him on Twitter. Uh he is working very hard to figure out how to get a crunchy bone that I put out of reach because uh, Uh, we're recording and obviously you don't want that sound in the background and I will share a photo as after we post this episode of uh the the last 10 minutes or so in which he's been sitting and staring at me with absolute (laughs) disgust (laughs) that I've taken this this phone so if you hear a sound in the background it's him figuring out it's up on a shelf and he He's very smart and weird, so he uh, he has some some maneuvers he might pull through the duration of this episode. So we will see how it goes. We'll play it by ear. We'll play if we have to. If we have to pause, then. uh, (laughs) God damn, I'm on a roll today.
2: You really are.
1: It's June. It's the month of Jordan.
2: Yes, it is. Of (laughs) course. Well
1: watching kickers at practice? Yes. 9 a.m. Uh, I, OTA sessions?
2: I was going to say, not only is it the month of Jordan, but it's a, a big month for the, the Rams off season. I mean, Jordan, you've been right in the middle of it. Not that you ever really have an offseason. You just kind of uh, have different uh, routines of work that you go through. <laughs> sometimes you go to SoFi Stadium, sometimes you don't. <laughs> uh, but you continue working pretty much uh, year-round. Uh, and I, I think being in the situation, uh, have, having been in the situation that you're. And I understand sometimes you're even afraid to take days off. And we'll... We'll get into that a little bit more, too, why <laughs> why you might be afraid to take days off in the near future. But, uh, Jordan, interesting times around uh, the Rams facility. You're actually able to get out there on the field and, and watch some of these OTAs, practices, uh, have the big mandatory mini camp coming up next week as we, we're sitting here recording this on Thursday evening. Uh, so Jordan will be out there next week for the mini camp, and we'll, of course, recap that the following week. But... Jordan, really uh, getting some of your first looks at this team since the Super Bowl uh, and some of the changes that have gone on, a lot of new coaches out there, uh, maybe say, and, and of course, we always need to put the caveat on it, of course. And I see that you do this in every one of your, your reports that you write that credentialed, <laughs> credentialed media are, are not allowed to discuss, discuss certain things such as formations or, um, whatever it is that teams get paranoid about in, in early June that they think will cost them games in September and October. Uh, but within those constraints, Jordan, I mean, what, what, What's uh, kind of your general takeaway from from this team? Again, being out there for the first time since the Super Bowl, seeing some new guys in action, seeing some draft picks out there, even some UDFA guys. Um, what's it been like?
1: Yeah, I have two macro takeaways before we get into some of the the detail stuff that you know I love to, to dig into. Um, non-schematic, non-strategic, of, of course. course. Of course. Um, so one of the things that... I know that there's been a lot made of like how much fun these guys visibly had like at their parade and the first night of the draft house when they had literally nothing to do and no tasks to accomplish and so had a, a coaching mixer and then were sort of made aware that they also had to do a press conference and then that press conference was uh like just honestly like one of the... Uh, most casual, relaxed sort of environments, it was really an interesting experience. We've talked about it on this show, like being there just because people were just being totally themselves. And if you take away the fact that a lot of the world is watching externally and you look at it through the perspective of, of being a beat writer, like you don't often get to see people just be fully themselves in a setting around their friends and family. So I think that there's there are just levels to that conversation Anyway, before I go off on a tangent on that, um, a lot's been made about like how much fun they've been having, and I think like I'm not gonna f- like fun police anything. I think that it's <laughs> great to have fun when you win the Super Bowl, um, but I will say when I walked into OTAs, it didn't. This is not a team that was acting like they won anything, and I was a little surprised by that. Uh, I, you know, I guess I just. I don't know what I was expecting. Obviously this is a, this is a new, new territory for, for a lot of people. And I don't, I'm not quite sure what I was even expecting. I wasn't expecting them to be like doing shots on the 50 yard line or anything like that, but you know, who's to judge, but I think, but I, but really I, I, you know, watching them at practice this and Bobby Wagner actually talked about it. I think he summed it up pretty well today when he was like, when he came into the building, they didn't, act like they'd been there. They didn't act like they won anything. They, they just were like going about their, their work. And, and he's not, he's not, uh, misinterpreting that. Like he's not incorrect about that. He really, I think that's spot on. Honestly, I, I I felt the same way and he just put better words to it to what I was kind of feeling. It, It felt like business as usual and the football business of what, who the Rams are and what they do. is very, very, um, focused and and intentional with a lot of the things that they do. So I thought that was interesting. Obviously they're working in a truncated period, so some things will probably slip through the cracks like your wedding invitation rich, but I think yeah. like that's that's stuff that they're going to learn as they go. The other thing um and Sean is a perfectionist. So you can definitely see during points points of the practices when maybe he's not thrilled and that's that's a yearly thing um or maybe he wants things to be tighter or maybe he um, is correcting things in real time, but overall um with all the new people and the um the the rookies and the veterans the new veterans that they're onboarding frankly they they feel really cohesive and really smooth, and when you're watching things, it flows really well. I think that's a testament to the the veteran coaching staff first and foremost, but it also is Another year of, of Stafford. Um, it's another year. Cooper Cup is there. Alan Robinson and Bobby Wagner. It's it's been se- pretty much seamless for them. Like it, I think I truly believe that if those two had to play a game tomorrow, they could. And it's been really interesting to watch because, again, I don't really know what I was expecting, but there's been some very frenetic points in the past with this group on either side of the ball over the last couple of years. And, it just doesn't feel that way. It feels very, uh, not even mechanic. It just feels cohesive and smooth. And, and it's like very, it's sort of like this calm intention. And I think that's really been interesting because they're doing a lot of install work, what Sean calls like above the neck work. Um, and they're not doing any competitive, really any competitive periods. Um, some seven on sevens, but that's not really, that's not real football anyway, in terms of like, you know, full on full. So, that part's been really interesting. Is is how smooth it has seemed to be, and there there are always going to be bumps, um, but they they feel locked in. And I was really, I think, surprised. I guess, you know, it's not that I ex- had any expectations, but I guess I almost wondered if there would they would be distracted or if they would be if there would be some learning curves, some some bigger learning curves to hit. But it really seems like um, they they just seem smooth right now.
2: You know, Jordan, one thing that's interesting to me, um, for anybody who doesn't know, you know, after I stopped covering the Rams, I, I went to be an editor on the NHL side. And one of the teams that I, um, edit is the Tampa Bay lightning, who of course, Jordan, you know, this is being a, a huge Carolina Hurricanes fan as, as you are, um, the Tampa Bay lightning have won the last two Stanley cup championships. And, um, I'd never really thought of it this way, but uh, our our beat writer Joe Smith r- wrote a story recently, and and part of that was talking about like a lot of what you're talking about here, Jordan. Like, what is your motivation after after you win, and especially a team like that when you've won two in a row? You know what? Like, why 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 do you keep pushing yourself? What do you find that, that you didn't that you didn't accomplish the first two times? And and one of the players uh, made made a really good point was that you change the roster enough to where other guys are coming in. And you play for those guys too. You don't want to let them down. And and that's part of, I, I think maybe not intentional, although maybe part of it is intentional. Uh when you talk about not keeping the roster exactly the same. And and you bring in Bobby Wagner and you bring in Alan Robinson and even bring in back a guy like Troy Hill, who who wasn't a part of the championship team. Um, I think that can be some motivation for those for those guys. And th- these, you're talking about guys who are respected, certainly, well liked. Um and and They don't want to let them down. They don't want them to to just, oh, we're going to – it's going to be a freebie season. We're not really going to try. No, because you brought those guys in and and they they want to win for them. And beyond that, these guys are professionals anyway. I mean, they don't get themselves to the top of the mountain without being – Without having that drive. Uh, But I I think it's a reasonable, I mean, you hear the term all the time, like it's a cliche, right? Like a championship hangover, Super Bowl hangover, World Series hangover, whatever it may be. So you do wonder about it. You wonder whether or not they're, they're going to come in with exactly that same type of fire. And a lot of that goes to the coaches, you know, so I mean, credit to whatever it is that that Sean McVay has, has put in place there and his team of assistants. And I'm I'm sure up the ladder to, you know, Les and Kevin and anybody else who, you know, has a, has a hand in this. Um, I think you do have to be mindful of it, but, uh, but yeah, now's the time, right? I mean, now's the time where you show that stuff that, that you are, uh, uh, you know, ready to, to make that commitment. And so, so what's it been like, Jordan? I mean, these, uh, sorry, did you have any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think yeah. to add to your point too, and I think that's a great, a great point. And um to add to it, honestly, I think there are natural factors. You think about guys who weren't a part, you know, Tyler Higby is back on the field and he's right. going through this is all voluntary period. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't he could still be resting his body, like he's cleared for activity, but he could he doesn't have to be out there. Um right. Right. you know, Allen, hell you know alan robinson bobby wagner don't have to be out there right but there's sort of this establishment early on of um priorities that i think is really is really interesting um and i also think and i'm sort of just playing out a thread in my mind that i have repeatedly you know so much of this juxtaposes to what like when people do like their off-season roundups of all thirty-two teams, usually a lot of times you'll see the first sentence is like, you know, the Rams are partying hard this off-season. And I and I look at it and I'm kind of like, I don't really think it's even sunk in for most of these guys that yeah. they just won the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. to be honest with you, yeah, they had a press conference that and Matthew Stafford was drinking Don Julio on the podium, like. <laughs> But and they had, you know, Sean, Sean's very loud laugh, manic laugh in the press conference. But like, I, I really don't, I really don't actually see that on a ground, on the ground. Like some of these guys don't actually, it hasn't sunk, it hasn't sunk in yet. And then they also are going to this facility every day where it, that facility, it does keep keep you humble in in a sense. Like it's, it's again, I, for people who haven't seen it and, and they're, you know, they'll be moving to Woodland Hills and there's this huge project coming, I'm sure. And, and that's all really, I think exciting on the brand side for, for their growth. But for now, for this moment in time where they're at, where they are trying to repeat, like I really am maybe in the minority here that thinks they are in the absolute perfect spot because you go into that facility every day and it's a set of trailers packed together and it's tucked away like in the hi- in these dry hills surrounded by rattlesnake holes and big ass birds hawks and and i do not like that first of all <laughs> yes but but like it's it's tucked away and it's like these two carved out like emerald green fields and you walk through like a patch of like uh wood chips to get to the front door and like it's <laughs> I mean, really, it's it keeps you humble. You're rolling in there every day, and you're not thinking to yourself, like, I'm the shit. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying these guys would do that anyway, but there's, like, sort of – it almost, like, strips away – maybe it's because I just watched the show Severance, um, <laughs> and it freaked me out. But it almost like – it's like the scene in the elevator where it's like you're one thing when you get in the elevator and then you arrive at the – on site and all of a sudden your brain flips around. And yeah. it's like you never were any of those other things. You're in this now. And that's kind of the message that Sean has been trying to communicate with these guys is like he, he basically told them, hey, we didn't do shit last year. Right. and And that to me is an interesting tactic to take. Because it could very well back, you know, it, it in a with a different group, and I've talked about the emotional security of a lot of these players and coaches, um, and the um, just sort of self security that they have. We've talked, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but like it really could feel totally different right now. It could totally yeah. feel different, and it just doesn't. I mean, even some of the contract stuff we're going to talk about. Really, guys, the stuff you see on Twitter, on social media, whatever—that's not how it is. Like what. It's, Everything what? is so, <laughs> everything <laughs> feels calm. And that could honestly, by next week, all of it could go off the rails. Who knows Whatever yeah. you know, right. as of now, as of we're recording this, like everything just feels really cohesive. And I, And I got to say, like, I really feel like they're exactly where they need to be right at this moment in time. And I think that that's really interesting. And I wonder if they think about that because really you, you do walk out there and it's like, there you don't. There is literally nothing. There is nothing around you, like yeah. but the act of playing football. And yeah. I think that's really, really interesting. A dynamic that maybe is overlooked a little bit.
2: Oh, I, I think it's fascinating, Jordan. And uh, you know, minor minor spoiler uh, alert. Uh, we're, we're planning to have a very special guest uh, in our next episode. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> about ten days from now. And uh, I won't spoil who that is, but I will say that I want to get into a lot of what you're talking about um, with that guest. And and in part, I'm I'm not going to go off on too big of a tangent here. So don't, please don't turn off the episode, but like, I'm not sure whether I've said this before, but in, in a previous, previous life, I, I used to cover another hockey team, the LA Kings, and they won championship in, in 2012. and, I, I had a, I worked very closely with that general manager and I can tell you that even before he won the championship, even before 2012, so I'm talking about from you know probably 2008 to 2012, he was fixated. He was fixated on the idea of how do you get to the top of the mountain and how do you stay there? And he knew that those were two very different challenges and he spent, he, he read book after book. He studied Bill Walsh. He called Ronnie Lott. He, he tried to, you know, go into all this stuff about the 80s, 49ers. How did you do it? How did you keep it together year after year? How did you sustain that uh, momentum that we're talking about, that, that drive that we're talking about? It is not easy to do. Um, it 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 is an entirely different animal. Winning a Super Bowl and then coming back and trying to win another one and trying to keep yourself on top of the mountain. You can have the roster, you can have the talent, but it doesn't necessarily translate to okay, you're going to be a, a you know a winner year after year. And it's why you know, love them or hate them. And most people hate them. You know, you, you at least have to admire what the Patriots have done, uh, for, for so long here, because that is not an easy thing to do. And, and again, I'll shelve that for now because I want to get into that, um, with, with our guest on, on our next episode, because I'm really fascinated to kind of hear the organization's thoughts about a lot of the stuff that that we're talking about here, Jordan. So, um, want to ask you, uh, We've got some ground to cover here. Uh, you've been watching some of these players, and especially want to get your your thoughts on some of these young guys um, who we're seeing for the first time, whether they be draft picks or especially some undrafted uh, free agents who who seem to be uh, turning some heads out there at uh, at OTAs. But first, I think we would be remiss. Uh, well, I don't know if we would be remiss, but our, our <laughs> listeners would would not be uh, happy with us if we if we didn't at least touch on something that is very important. And I'm not going to make light of it um, because one person who's not there is Aaron Donald, and this is not a new situation. We've been talking about this for weeks, if not, uh, well, literally probably months now, going back to the to the Super Bowl. Um, we know Aaron Donald is not there. Uh, we know that you and your colleagues have been. I wish you guys
1: could see my face right now, by the way. Yeah, Jordan
2: looks like a... uh, Picture what a tension headache.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my hands on my temples. (laughs) Yeah, what
2: you do when you have a tension headache. That's what what Jordan is doing right now. Um, But you've been as diligent as you can possibly be in, in asking these questions and uh, you know, Sean McVay and, and the like have been as patient as they can be in answering them. Uh, but ultimately there's are still no answers right now. Um, so, you know, Jordan, you've been, you've been talking to everybody uh, if you can, to the extent that you can cut through some of the nonsense that's on Twitter um, and just, you know, let us know exactly what's going on right now and what, you know, people should expect here over the next, maybe a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. There's no new news. Like it, it's, it was actually interesting. I haven't, I hadn't really heard uh, Sean McVay s- say such, say as much in as sort of blunt a terms as he did this week when he talked about Aaron Donald and, and um, you know, whether he's going to be at, at the mandatory mini camp. And he basically was like, none of this is new news. And, You know, I'm referring, of course, to what is a phenomenal episode of the I Am Athlete podcast with Aaron Donald. That was just an incredible watch. And listen, you guys need to go check that out. Not so much for some of the contract stuff, which they get out of the way early, which I really appreciated because they really I think they also all knew that this was what it was. And they wanted to dive into some of the really cool things that make Aaron Donald Aaron Donald. And they did. And it was awesome the way he watches film and some of the stuff about his recruitment of Bobby Wagner. All of that was just fantastic. But I gotta say, I mean, it it's, it's completely it's completely accurate. Since March and even before that, a couple of weeks even before the Super Bowl, this football team, every you know, the the front office, the coaching staff, they were aware what the stakes of this offseason could be. Um Should they win the Super Bowl? And maybe even if they didn't, but certainly should they win the Super Bowl? And it is is factual that, you know, Aaron Donald has – considered what it would be like to to walk away from the game it is factual that that's been in consideration for him after a certain period of time in this league and especially as it pertains to him and how much he cares about his family and wants to be with around his family and and be so present for um you know his his kids and 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 all of that um but also the financial component is a glaring reality that was sort of looming down the barrel um, of uh of this everyone was aware of it. You know, the the contracts, the thing, the thing was is, is it used to be that you set these guys up with these long contracts, and that was fine, especially if they were super elite players such as Aaron Donald and you and you know, the six-year deal, and that's fine. But once it gets to year four-ish, you start to see, okay. Everyone, you lock them in long term, but the market now can completely change over the course of, you know, two to three league cycles. And that's exactly what happened. And so now you have to re- recalibrate, restructure. And everybody has been aware of that since, again, like before March. Bef- this is January we're talking about. This this team is aware of the stakes. This is at the entrance when... when Aaron steps onto the field in September. Maybe not necessarily the retirement component, but the component of the finances. Everybody is aware of this. Like the second the new league year begins, even pre in twenty twenty one, that everybody is aware of this. This is not none of this is new news. Not one piece of this is new. So it it's repackaged and repurposed, and different quotes are aggregated and you know flushed out and. Into the stratosphere and and all of that. but like none of this is new. They have been preparing for this. Aaron has been preparing for this. Everybody has been communicating about this. this This is all just the same as it ever was. Great song also. yes, um as the days go by. Um, <laughs> and so and so i I feel like it's it's just one of those things where i don't I don't have anything new to share. Sean yeah. McVeigh has said, and said this week he does expect. Not only did Aaron get the invite to his wedding and will be at his wedding. Uh So oh. sorry to r- rub it in, Rich, Wait. but <laughs> but also he um he will be in. Sean McVay expects. I don't want to say anything definite on my end because I don't want to yeah. put anyone's in words in anyone's mouth. Yeah. Sean McVay does expect Aaron Donald to be at mandatory minicamp next week. Teammates. Believe, Don't expect, because nobody's going to demand Aaron to do anything, obviously. No, I wouldn't. Teammates expect that he will be there. The teammates that I've talked to over the last few days expect that he will be there. People behind the scenes in the Rams sort of stratosphere on site believe that he will be there. I mean, it's it's like this is not... Yeah. Just to put it extremely succinctly, there's water at the bottom of the ocean, Rich. And...
2: (laughs) gonna go through the whole the, <laughs> I'm just whole, go discography the whole song, here. yeah, yeah, the
1: whole song. No, yeah. it's it, but it really, it, it's not new news. Same with same with Cooper Cup, right? right? right. This is is the same situation. Now, I will say, this wasn't necessarily something that they were preparing for. This offseason after Cooper did sign that deal and you could see the change in the deal. He, his deal is short was way shorter term, only yeah. 3 only a 3-year deal versus what what Aaron had signed uh, a couple years previously. So there there was the awareness that there might need to be some flexibility with this particular deal. Um but but not maybe to the extreme that Cooper outperformed the contract. I think that yeah. everybody except for Cooper Cup himself was maybe a little at first, you know, sort of blown away by just how much he, he was able to outperform and outproduce that particular contract. Um, so I think, you know, obviously that's a different timeline, but that has also been the same. Every As back – these guys don't come out publicly and say things that they don't think will happen. Like they're not they, – they they take risks, obviously, as an organization, but they're not going to come out there and just – Like, especially after everything that has happened contractually with them over the last couple of years and some of the swings that they've missed on, um, they're not going to come out there and say, you know, Tony Pasteur isn't going to come out there and say at the league meetings where he never goes on the record with anything ever or talks to media ever. And Tony, if you're listening to this, you never talk to media ever. (laughs) (laughs) And and he's not going to come out there. And right. and say, right. hey, yeah, we're gonna do something. We're gonna get Cooper's deal done. We're gonna get Aaron's deal done. Like that right. has been the truth. That's been the case. Nothing has changed. Rant right. over. Right. right. It's gonna happen. I. You know what? The only thing that's not done is it's just not. Things aren't signed. Final. Final agreements aren't agreed upon. And like that. That usually often happens in June and July. As it is, Sean McVay and Les Snead uh, will will be extended before the start of training camp. All of these things. All of these truths right. remain true.
2: Right, right. Well, you, you know, Jordan, I mean, you're right. Tony doesn't talk, you know, very often publicly. And, and when he does, he usually ends up saying to myself, my God, what have I done?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we wrap a neat neat bow.
2: That, that, that concludes.
1: That concludes the yes, Talking the, Heads portion. The, the Talking
2: Heads segment yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I... J- it, it's, it's so hard to, I mean, you're right. I mean, I, I don't mean to be overly snarky. I, I know I know how that sounds coming from me. I don't mean to be overly snarky about stuff that's on Twitter because, like, I understand, you know, somebody talks and it becomes content and it gets parsed out all over the place. But um, I I think the best way to say it, Jordan, is, is the way that you say it frequently is that multiple things can be true at the same time. Um And what I mean by that in this particular case is I don't think Aaron Donald is bluffing and I don't think he's lying. I don't I think he's being absolutely genuine with everything that he said, either publicly on that podcast, which I agree was fantastic. I loved hearing Aaron Donald like this. And by the way, just very quick tangent as somebody who considers himself you know a, a, a fan of what Aaron Donald does I love seeing him put himself out there like that I love seeing him open up like that uh, to hear him talk about as you mentioned Jordan the way that he breaks down film I was captivated listening to that uh, just as somebody who enjoys football and enjoys that side of it I could have listened to that he could he could have kept talking for two hours and I would have I would have listened to, to whatever he had to say so I really enjoyed that but the thing about it is I, I, there was nothing shocking to me in what he said about his his thoughts on retirement or his thoughts on not playing football anymore. He's been consistent about that, either publicly or you know through certain vehicles, whatever it may be. He's not lying. He's not. He's. This is not. Aaron Donald is a is a straightforward man. This is not a contract ploy. Now, I mean, I understand that it's tied into a contract and tied into money, but he's genuine about what he's saying, and and he's been consistent about it from as you said. At least January, if if not more, who knows when this thing started? But he's been consistent all the way through. So to act like things that are being said are now somehow new, or uh, the story has altered or been changed or is new for it, it's not. It's not the case. Like he's just telling you the same thing that's been on his mind genuinely uh, for months now. And what we can also hold as a truth is exactly what you said that. The Rams are aware of this and they are working through it. And it's not a surprise to them. Nothing. I I, I can't believe that anything that Aaron has said shocked them or uh, that anything is going to surprise them. Uh, they're well aware of what the situation is and they are going to have to work through it. And we don't have a, uh, a certain outcome here. We don't. Uh, we, it's it's going to have to play itself out. Um The only other thing I would add, Jordan, and I mean this, and I've said this on Twitter, that I mean this as nothing but a compliment because I love this about him. But Sean McVeigh has the worst public poker face in the (laughs) entire world. So when he comes out and says that he expects Aaron Donald to be at mandatory minicamp, this is just me talking. This is I'm not putting this on Jordan or anybody else. But to me, when he says that, if I could place a bet on it, I would bet that Aaron Donald will be at training camp. I mean, at yeah. uh, o- at OTAs, at the min- at the mini camp. Um, and I don't and bet. Sure. Sean, you, you just have to know. Like, and he doesn't say he those sure, things.
1: Yeah, and if he weren't sure, he, he'd come off as annoyed. That's happened in the past. If he, exactly. if he has to comment on something that he's not sure about. This was, remember, before the Deshaun Jackson cut? Yes. Um when they were kind of working through that situation and nothing had been made final yet and he was sort of asked about it and he was like very clearly annoyed. Right. Um and you know couldn't really give a definitive answer either way but you could just tell there's just this dude I mean there's not that's that's the thing. It's it's like yeah. he was lighthearted and joking about it. And again, this is not just Sean saying, this is me creeping around, lurking around and asking other people, you know, like this is, it's just, but, but yeah. And, and that's, you know, he, he knew he was going to get asked about it. The thing was, is I really, I think too, that going on a podcast, like I am athlete, which is does just phenomenal interviews with, uh, with professional athletes and, um, really is like a casual conversation. Um, I think it's it's was a really good way to also launch the fact that um, he is putting himself out there more on the on the marketing side. I mean, this is this is the um, the best football player on the planet, um, certainly the best defensive football player on the planet, and uh, he recently joined Donda Sports, Kanye West's marketing sports marketing arm. And what I think is underrated about that that just got buried amid, you know, all this other contract stuff. And that's fine because you want to – part of the marketing is you want to ha- – you know, your name should be in the cycle and, and all of that. And and I think it's interesting because almost sometimes you see with Rams players as as famous as some of these guys are, like sometimes they kind of float under the radar a little bit sure. in terms of the, the, the daily sports zeitgeist, right? Yeah. And so, Aaron, I think obviously it's good to put – get his name out there like that in terms of uh, the the specifically the marketing side everyone's very well aware uh, of who he is and what he can do um but also like Erica his wife um was also hired by Donda Sports. I think that is like why why aren't we publicizing that more? Like that's mm. a huge that's a huge deal. Yeah. That's a huge move.
2: It is like yeah. not
1: only was she handling his marketing, is like the greatest football player on the planet right now. Like not only handling his marketing, but also is honestly blazing a trail in this brand new vision of sports company. I don't, you know, I don't know that much about the the structure of it, and it's still figuring itself out. And it's, right. but it's backed by hugely resourceful people, yeah. um, and it's it is a huge cultural move in this landscape. Yeah. And for her to be hired by them, and she still has the you know it's my understanding because aaron very was very clear about this on the podcast, mm-hmm. which I hope people listen to the entire thing and not just little pieces of it mm-hmm. to serve social media <laughs> yes like it it's he was very clear that she will still be working like have that autonomy, but w- like to me that was kind of the because, and again, I'm looking at this a different perspective because this is none of this is to quote Sean McFay. None of this is new news, but that part is that's new news, yeah. and that's really interesting to me because this yeah. is you know this is someone who is is blazing a trail of her own in this regard,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not just under you know under someone else's umbrella, uh, but also but as a partner. Like he he is speaking about her as a partner in yeah. his sort of personal business. And I think that that was like that was the fascinating part of this was was sort of understanding that structure and that dynamic. Like this is something where you're seeing him come out of his shell, but also this partnership that they have professionally and as a relationship. Like you're seeing them come out of their shell and sort of spread their wings a little bit. And I just think that's that's the news part of this. I think that's really Mm -hmm. interesting. Now, of course, I did get this question a couple of times that. You know they they will not be. He's not just all of a sudden switching over contract negotiations. They don't they don't do that. Like Todd right. France is still negotiating his his contract and has been. Right. Um. But but I just think that part of it's so fascinating Again, it's the stuff we miss under underneath all the noise. Um. That I just think is neat. I thought it was worth mentioning.
2: It it, it definitely is, and and a fascinating. Uh, you know, transition. I don't, I don't want to speak for, I don't want to speak for Aaron at all. I don't know nor Erica, uh, but, but you could kind of see it. How, I mean, Aaron just, you know, anybody who's been a Rams fan, I mean, they got here in 2016 and, and, you know, for the first I guess like five years, four to five years. I mean, you, you'd never heard from this guy. Like, I mean, he would do his little interviews with us every week. He didn't seek anything out. He wasn't, you know, trying to, and, and I always thought I always admired that um, him for that in a way, just because he was a private man, you know, he, he wanted to do his own business, but, but I always looked at him and thought, man, like, there could be more there though. Like, not only are you a, a fantastic player, you're the best defensive player in the world, but you're an engaging guy he's a smart guy he's got a sense of humor like he and i always kind of looked at it like i mean it's fine if you don't want that for yourself like a lot of people don't but but i always kind of looked at him and thought there's more there and, and you saw it start to happen slowly, or at least I, I kind of did. You know, I, I, I remember, I don't know whether it was on Aaron's YouTube or, or whose YouTube it was exactly, but they started to do these little videos, um, at, at their house. You know, they, 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 he and Erica were in the kitchen, you know, making dinner or whatever. And, and you could slowly see it starting to come out a little bit more. And again, I don't know the dynamics there. It's not important. It's none of my business. Uh, you know, how that, how that, played out, but that you could see it start starting to come out. And I really enjoyed it. And I think a lot of people did too. So to now, to see that taken to the next level, and and to see them, as you said, Jordan, so well being partners in this, um, I, I think it's a great next step, and just just a really cool um, evolution of of somebody who was always a fantastic player, but now is really able to kind of show himself um, as a, a full person, and and this is the full Aaron Donald, not just what you see uh, on the football field for for four quarters. And by the way, Jordan, the other, and, and I do want to get your your closing thoughts on that the the other thing that I had the, the other takeaway from watching that is like I would feel pretty good about hiring Aaron Donald as my defensive line coach at, at any point I mean just hearing some <laughs> of the right I mean not just because yeah. he's a great player but but he, hearing some of the things like hearing how his mind works uh as a as a lineman like he's not just a guy who's out there and he uh, he certainly has every physical attribute that that you would want, but he's not out there just winning because he's stronger than everybody else or because his footwork is better than everybody else. Like he studies this stuff. Like he yeah. know he knows this stuff. And I don't know. I have no idea what his ambitions are, but I I'd feel pretty good about having him out there. You know, teaching teaching the next generation of defensive linemen.
1: Yeah, I think what's cool to sort of put a bow on this. Um, I think what's cool is when you see people become just who they want to be and who they're sort of meant to be and find their paths. And, like, that's what I love. I've talked to you about this so much, Rich, is, like, that's what I love about beat writing is, like, you're not really involved in it. You just sort of watch it, but you watch it as a third party and you watch that change over time. And you get to see people become. And I think what's really cool about this is – to me, and I, I'm completely editorializing here, I am not putting words in anyone's mouth, right. obviously. But to me, this is, watching Aaron's path the last couple of years, and also a lot of these guys on this team, watching these guys' path the last couple of years, to me is an example, and I think specifically Aaron, because of what he went through in St. Louis, um, as such a talented player on a really bad team. Yeah. Um, and I think... You, as you watched him come out of his shell, you sort of saw what can happen when someone has that airspace ahead of them to really just spread their wings a little bit. And it's not like he could never, it's not like he couldn't do any of this stuff before. And it's not like he, you know, didn't have the wherewithal or, or any of these qualities before, but it's like, what happens when you throw yourself into those qualities? Because yeah. you can, because you're not, you're not, you know, worrying about sort of watching years go by in front of you. You're right. you're more concerned now. You've accomplished what you need to accomplish, and you're more concerned now about throwing yourself into the things that you do want to explore. One of the coolest things about that podcast to me and about what he said to me was how he kept saying, I just, I just want to learn about so much stuff. I just yeah. have so much stuff I want to learn. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, man. Like, yeah. I don't know if people fully appreciate the breadth of that statement. This is right. a all-time football player who, again, reached the mountaintop and he is sitting there in, in front of, again, in an environment in front of other former professional athletes in front of a hyper-masculine environment. And he's, he's openly admitting where he, you know, he he's yeah. like, I I need to learn more. I want to learn more. I want to do more. The, and like lighting up, as he says, talks about what he wants to still become as he continues to have that airspace in front of him. And I just, I just thought that was really cool. I think like all yeah. of us, we go through these these periods of our lives where we think about, you know, who we are and what's next and wh- where we've come and and what we want to be and who we want to be. And I think catching him so publicly in a moment like that is just, it's a really rare glimpse. It's a special glimpse into somebody's life. And it's a very small one. And we can't obviously project our own consciousness uh, on someone else. And we can't assume to know what anybody else is thinking or feeling. But for, for to see a glimpse into someone else's life, whether it's, Somebody who lives down the street from you, or the best football player on the planet—like it's a really special thing to be able to see into someone's life like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm really fascinated to see. Um, kind of, I don't want to say we're, we almost sound like we're sending him off into retirement. Like, good luck, good luck, Aaron. Like, no, that's, and we're, no, we're
1: certainly not doing that. But no, yeah. <laughs> but but,
2: but it, it, it is a guy who I, I I'm curious. I'm I'm curious to see what he what he does uh, with the rest of his life because I I, I think there's there's a lot there. And whatever whatever path he he chooses, um, I I think he's somebody who can make a, a you know an, a difference. Uh, and it was it was a couple of years ago, I think kind of at the start of the pandemic like I got a chance to talk to him and and his sister Akita um because they're very in- involved in the called the AD99 solutions uh, uh foundation and it's not just one of those and I don't mean this is a slight to anybody in particular but it's not one of those where you know the the athlete just throws money at something and and gets their name on it I mean if you've if you've seen Aaron's social media or whatever it may be i mean he's out there with those kids and you know, like he's he's really involved in and in that so again i don't we're, we're again i don't, I don't want to make it sound like we're talking about you know what aaron's going to do in retirement here but uh but but I, I think that podcast was a was a good glimpse into you know kind of who he is and and what he might do so
1: and it's a lot this is a lot more important and yeah Substantial to talk about than regurgitating the same bullshit about things that have always been new, have always been the same, right. and have not changed. And, like, okay, cool, let's just recycle yep. the cycle and just fire everybody up again. Uh, right. You know, and I'm talking specifically about social media. I'm not talking about that podcast because it was fantastically done. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking specifically about that the wave of aggregators and and you know tweets and whatever what have you that totally overwhelm the internet for has this entire week like this yeah. is this is more fun to me to talk about yeah some of the substantial stuff that actually you know is real yeah. Um, yeah. Rant, i've I st- i've come dangerously close to going on many rants during oh, this no. during this podcast no. and i'm trying to curb myself a little bit so the,
2: the joys of being a beat writer <laughs> I, I remember them all too well. In getting asked about things that uh, that you've covered time and time and time. No, I don't mind again. the questions.
1: I'm not talking about that either. I'm really not you, talking no, about the I questions. Don't. I love getting questions from Right. Right. I should say
2: having to deal with the same topics. Yeah, I'm but, not talking
1: yeah. about getting questions at all. I'm yeah. not referring to that. I think I love getting questions from people. I don't care if it's the same question every single day for a yeah. year, and sometimes it is. Like, I don't care about that. I'm talking about when things are repackaged for the sake of of traffic. That's, that's, that's what I don't like.
2: (laughs) No, I I agree. No, thank you for clarifying that because that is, that is an important uh, uh, distinction there. So
0: looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven U S based live customer service from discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. we okay.
2: Anyway, we will get some clarity on this at some point and and Jordan, hopefully it's not one of your days off when uh when that happens.
1: You know, Rich, not to interrupt, someone came up to me at practice today and was like, "Rich is so nice. He's always reminding you to take a vacation." That's true. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, nice." <laughs> <laughs> But, I just like you know I don't what? know how to I don't know how to respond to that. No, frankly. I do.
2: I mean, you can joke about it, but I do tell my my writers, like I said I'm over on the NHL side and like part of my job now is to say well, you need to take time off. Like you need you need to take time yeah. off. The company our our company is is you know, pretty generous with our with our PTO. Like, you got to take advantage of that. Like, let, and they want you to take advantage <laughs> of it. But I know exactly how it is, Jordan. Like, I've been there and that's part of the reason why I tell you to do that is because I know how that feels and I know how... When you, when you do, and I'm not going to start, you know, bragging on Jordan again, but I know when you're as comprehensive as Jordan is with with her work, um, it's hard. It's hard to take days off. It's hard to separate yourself because you you're immersed in it, and and you want to be on top of things every day. And I I know how that feels to get away. You almost feel like you're 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 missing a hand or something. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel quite right. But I, I will tell you that when you do take that time away, uh, you, you do appreciate it. So um, so I will continue to tell you that in, in the in the I appreciate the person who told you that. And they should also <laughs> encourage you to take time off because uh, because you should. And, um, but there will be some clarity at, at some point here, hopefully sooner uh, rather than later for everybody. But Jordan, let's let's talk about before we go here about some of the people who have been on the field. And uh, you know, we you you've been covering this so comprehensively at the Athletic on our app on our website. Uh, practically daily uh, updates, uh, in-depth reports on what's going on out there. So I will refer everybody in general uh, to go look at, at Jordan's reports. Lots of stuff in there about some veteran guys, who's on the field, who's not on the field, why they are or not on the field, how they're recovering from injuries. So I will uh, kind of in general refer everybody uh, to your Uh, to your stories uh, for that information. But I did so much of these, these OTAs Jordan and uh, um, are about uh, some of these young guys too, who are coming in and especially on a a team like the Rams, where as, as we've talked about almost ad nauseum, uh, you need these young guys to come in and, and, not necessarily be starters right away, but uh, to to get in the rotation or to get in on special teams, uh, probably more important for the Rams than it is for a lot of uh, teams out there. So um, you've run through some names. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick you off with one, and and then I'll I'll let you uh, go in any direction that you want with it. But but one name that I've seen come up. Uh, multiple times is Lance McCutcheon um, undrafted uh, free agents receiver out of Montana state. Um, So uh, you've written about him, but what should people know about him and uh, what's he been doing out there?
1: Yeah, he's kind of like that a little bit bigger bodied prototype of a receiver. um, And he just seems like he just gets open um not, not someone who I would say is is unduly or un, you know sort of surprising you know in terms of his his speed or um you know he doesn't really st- his testing numbers didn't really jump off the page or anything like that um but he just gets open and he just knows how to catch the ball and I think that Cooper Cup actually I caught up with Cooper Cup today's Thursday I caught up with him after practice today um he will be at mini camp and yes it was a ridiculous question on my end but it had to be asked because yeah. what if something you know in that very small percentage point sure that it he doesn't show up something that would mean something really went off the rails and that would merit digging into so i did have to ask i we both recognized how ridiculous it was for me to ask that question because he has been <laughs> he has been at all the voluntary stuff but anyway aside from that he um he name dropped. I asked him about guys who stood out to him. He he mentioned Tutu Atwell, um, which I thought was good because it seems like Cooper has taken an interest, like a special sort of uh, mentorship interest in Tutu this off season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's good. That'll be that's good for I think both players because Cooper does like to learn by teaching others and also. Um, I think it's great for Tutu for uh, a wide variety of reasons. And I think that'll be interesting to watch as, as time passes, but Cooper also specifically mentioned Lance McCutcheon. And again, like this is an undrafted free agent signing. um, And he, the Rams haven't done a ton of seven on seven work. um, And, most of it's been installation. And so he's not gotten a lot of work in, in live drilling opportunities, but when he did, he was the one who stood out among, you know, the cluster of pass catchers on that sort of second team. So minus Allen Robinson, minus Cooper cup, uh, you know, without van on the field, Ben skronik has been getting some time with the ones like van van is rehabbing, obviously the knee, um, and minus Tyler Higbee, minus, some, you know, the, the, the guys who you'd expect of the cluster, like Lance McCutcheon has, has absolutely stood out and sort of really, I was a bit taken aback, actually, last week when they did do seven on sevens with how well he seemed to have picked everything up already in terms of he ran multiple different route concepts from various parts of the tree um, in their seven on seven drill and was sort of the go-to target with rotating quarterbacks in John Walford and Bryce, Bryce Perkins. And it was a contested catch on the sideline. It was a sort of heavy traffic over the middle that you usually see Cooper or Robert Woods when he was here run. Um, and then an end zone grab uh, that was also contested in the back corner. And that was, that was interesting to me because he looked very sure – of himself. There Mm -hmm. wasn't any sort of, uh, hesitation. It was, he was playing fast and he was very, very confident in at the catch point. And I think that is probably one of the things that stood out to Cooper. So I I think that's interesting. He's someone that I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, you know, a couple, a couple of these guys, a couple of these undrafted free agents. Um, I am, I'm super fascinated by, Um, and I think that they, the Rams, they, especially this time of year, um, they're also really closely watching these guys. Cause the middle, the middle group, the middle cluster is like their draft picks and they're all competing with each other right now, or many of them are competing with each other. Um, and some of these guys aren't, haven't officially signed their contracts yet. So you have to sort of be careful with how much you work them into things. And I suspect that's why, Logan Bruss in part is in and out of, of the equation. And, um, you know, you want to make sure that you're getting him some, some reps, but also being careful and you're onboarding of him. Um, he has been working off to the side with, uh, with Kevin Carberry. And that's been, that's been really good. But in terms of, um, of some of these guys who are sort of in that, and I don't even want to say like the bottom cluster, cause that, that introduces a hierarchy and I don't like doing that this time of year, but there are a couple of guys that like some of the pass rushers that they have, like I was really, and he, he was a draft pick, but Daniel Hardy, like he's, he's longer than I imagined he would be, you know, when, when you read his, his uh, scouting reports, like undersized D end or undersized outside linebacker. And yes, he, he doesn't have the length of frame that like Leonard Floyd or Justin Hollins have, but he's got, really long arms and the dude can bend like when they're going around the hoop and doing some of those drills um you know you you, there's some the guy's got some tools and you know you see him on that same sort of trajectory or maybe even a little bit faster tracked that that Chris Garrett was on and then you see Chris Garrett taking a step forward too which has been interesting and Terrell Lewis which has been interesting um but those those Particular sort of late round and undrafted free agent guys um, have been fascinating to watch. And the Rams are also returning um, almost an entire red shirt class. Um, And, you know, Jacob Harris has gotten back out and done sprints. And um, the dude is jogging. He's doing like a jog, maybe 60 percent pace. And it it's just not real. Like it just doesn't. (laughs) It's gonna be really fun, I think, for people to see Jacob Harris go full speed uh when, when he finally is cleared for full activity because he's tall, he he looks very long. Like he having him, I think the best thing is when he having him out there with Alan Robinson, because they're built very similarly. Like they're tall, super long arms, large hands long legs but they can play small and work their way into leverages and all these different types of things but they're just really long athletic players and when you watch them in stretching lines together you kind of see what the vision is you're kind of like oh yeah those guys they're going to pair those guys up a lot like they're going to talk those guys are going to be sort of attached in terms of some of the things that maybe the mentorship passes on or some of the ways that they might want to want to have them utilized and and um I'm obviously throwing out a lot of different things at one time after you asked me about Lance McCutcheon, but no, there's also good, yeah. there's all kinds of thoughts that are floating around my head in that regard. But it's, it's really interesting seeing some of this, this play out um, in this way, because you can kind of see with some of the guys that they have on the field, you can see the patterns they've established. And I mentioned that with, with Daniel Hardy and with Chris Garrett, and then with Alan and with Jacob Harris, like some of the pro like the, the trait patterns that you can tell that they've sort of gone after, Um, you can sort of see some of these guys, um, where they might flash like in, in camp if they continue on this trajectory. And I think that's going to be really fun to watch. I'm also, as you, as you get to your next point, Rich, I'm looking up the, I know I noted a couple pieces ago, one guy who I watched in camp, but he's the outside linebacker from Holy cross. And right now his name is escaping me.
2: Well, good. Um, Uh, He was the one guy I was going to ask you about. Benton. Oh, good.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So Benton Whitley. Yeah. So there was a day – there was a day at camp last week, and he's wearing 51, so it trips you out because you – that was Troy Reader's number, so you're just used to seeing that on yes. the inside linebacker. And so you see this guy, and he's a little undersized. Again, sort of similar in the vein of of a, a, a Daniel Hardy or, like, even Chris Garrett. Chris Garrett I wouldn't call undersized, but, you know, not a lot of people are like Leonard Floyd or Justin Hollins out there. So right. <laughs> it's – yeah, so um, – you see this guy and he, he's moved up a couple of spots and past rush drills, which all always means something. It means that you're, th- that's how you can establish what some of the hierarchies are. Um, especially if other players are maybe not there for the day, or they're doing different types of, of specific technical drills. And Ben Whitley, he moved forward a couple of spots and they were doing uh bend and, and rush drills and they were doing some footwork drills and tracking drills. And he he moves almost like he is a safety like it, it was one of those things. You know how you you when you watch a safety track uh, horizontally and you watch him sort of flow and it's kind of very smooth motions. And when he was doing some of the the wider movement drills, he kind of moved almost like that. But then all of a sudden he'd bend around uh, Thad Bogardis, who was holding the hip pads He'd bend around him all of a sudden and he'd be really close to the grass. And then the one arm would shoot out and you're like, holy cow, that guy's got long arms. And I don't know. It's just like on a granular level, I was like, that guy's pretty toolsy. Like you think there might be something there. And it's hard for a lot of times when you're watching this because it's like only so many coaches and a lot of guys to develop and a lot of guys to bring along. But sometimes people, Lance McCutcheon was that for me and then, uh whitley was that for me guys who kind of just stick in your brain and i know it's it's sucks on my part that i couldn't immediately recall his name but there's been a lot of new people to get to know over the last couple of days but i'm telling you this guy like just the way that he moved was really stood out to me and i was like there might there might be something there there might be something that they want to try to explore there and I, i thought that was really interesting
2: yeah, and and that's to me this that's what I've always loved. Um, you know about the this time of year is is exactly that kind of player uh, and and the potential. Yeah, you don't know you don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of time between now and and the 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 Buffalo Bills uh, season opener. But but just uh, seeing guys like that come out there and shine and take advantage of their moments, always loved uh, watching that. So, uh, Jordan, b- before we wrap up, I I, I think uh, you, you, we've been talking a lot about the UDFA guys who are, are very interested. And I know people are, like to hear about those guys because they don't get an opportunity to to really see them. But um, I did want to touch on Logan Bress a little bit, um, mm-hmm. just because obviously the kind of the biggest name uh, coming out of the draft and the guy who is is seen. I think it's fair to say is is a possibility of of inheriting one of those um, starting jobs. I know you uh, mentioned him him getting some first team reps, um, and and Sean I think tried to. I'm not I'm not reading anything into it, but he he downplayed a little, <laughs> little bit. I, I didn't see that you didn't see that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes, <what's>, I did. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Jedi mind trick. Uh, I mean, what what for a guy like that right now? I mean, what what is kind of the reasonable expectation? I mean, what is it you think they're kind of looking for from him right now? And uh, I don't know. It's I I'll be honest with you. I found it in in. Insanely difficult to uh, analyze offensive linemen. Just watching them because uh, I didn't understand them as as well as I should have. But I don't know any 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 takeaways from from watching him or, or just from anything you've heard about how he's handled this this first uh, kind of practices.
1: Yeah, and that's been a goal of mine this year over year. Last year, heading into this year, be, just because I was one someone who was very skeptical about their offensive line heading into twenty twenty one, and then. They showed qualities of tenacity and skill that I think really outperformed maybe at the level of expectation. Um, and I think, so for me, I was like, all right, so I'm going to want to try to learn more about those things and look more deeply into that part. Uh, you know, you always self-scout where sure maybe something you're not seeing. So I spend a good deal of time back there with those guys um, to the point where <laughs> they're sometimes sarcastic hellos are exchanged (laughs) like oh it's it's you again
2: oh you're here (laughs)
1: yeah okay yeah (laughs) um really great group of guys they're really they're oh yeah the best Yeah. yeah um and so um so I spend a good deal of time there usually at the beginning of practices um and what I noticed about Logan is that he is more of a prototypical guard than I think he he is more in the mold of i think Austin Corbett's sort of body type than he is uh David Edwards. And what I mean by that is it's clear to me that David Edwards has leaned out a little bit. I he'll still be playing guard, but it is also clear to me that he's somebody who they quite i think quite clearly see could move in a in, a, in an emergency into a tackle position because he's mm. lo- like he's very Long framed, like he's I would say he's among other than Rob Havenstein. He's among one of the longer framed linemen who are out there. And, you know, he's a very good guard. He'll he'll stay at guard. But that's one of the things that I noticed um, in terms of the difference between him and, and Logan Bruss. They were talking a lot about. Um, you know, Logan and, and his friendship with with David and how they worked out together and their Wisconsin guards and all this stuff. And so you automatically have almost, before you see someone in person, you have sort of an image of what this, you know, someone will be and sort of what they'll look like and all this stuff. And then when you see him, he is like a, I think, much more in that Austin Corbett mold, which I think is a good thing. I think you, you want that. You want that low that low center of gravity and you want that like a lot of the power in the trunk and all that stuff and right. and you know he has got longer arms and, and all of those things that are super important um that they look for in the in the guard position and especially important to have guys of that size around a center who is maybe not as big um right. and I think that that's that's really important as well so to me those two details are really interesting logan you can tell it's a lot of install. Like there is a lot for him to learn. He's taking extra time with Kevin Carberry. Um, and just seems to be very sort of process-oriented right now and really watching a lot of things right on the side of Kevin Carberry's shoulder mm. as he's watching other guys slide in. They've played a lot of guys at that guard spot. Tremaine Ancrum, I think, is under the radar as a really valuable depth swing player for them. Um, Swing player, meaning he could play on the left or the right side in a pinch. That's super important to them. Alaric Jackson continues to have his development, um, you know, with Brian Allen working in the training room, Coleman Shelton has been taking the, the center reps, which is good because John Walford is taking the first-team quarterback snaps, and so those two have often more so worked together, uh, which continues that, that rapport, which is a good thing. Um, but we know Coleman Shelton can also slide to guard. So I think it's also important for Logan to be watching not just what he's supposed to be doing, but how many people could be – pushing him to really take a firm hold on that spot. Cause they have moved a lot of different guys into that, that guard spot that he is expected to occupy. Like, I don't, I don't have a doubt that in training camp, he ultimately secures the job. He just, he looks, he looks ready it, to me. Like there's obviously some technical work and some things, but in terms of his physical appearance, appearance, like he looks ready to me to to play. Um, but at the same time, there's going to be so much mental stuff to put in, and also that competitive edge that you're going to need like and and I don't I don't think it is unplanned that he's able to sit there and watch how many people could do that job right um because I think that's important I think you want to sit there and say no I want to take ownership of that I don't, I didn't just inherit that like I th- I get when he's drafted you kind of have to say if you're the head coach and the GM like Yes, he's going to immediately. We want we want him to be starting. He will start for us at guard. Like you kind of I get why you have to say that especially when you're picking as late as they did. Right. But now this is the reality check. We're like you still do have to compete for that spot. And I right. think that seeing that um and getting those guys depth, you know, experience there, but also Logan seeing that from afar, I think that ultimately if he takes a hold of it the right way, I think that pays dividends.
2: Yeah. Well, that's all good news uh, for the Rams. And and I mean, at this point, you know, two days into June, you, you can't win a spot. Um, so there's no, there's no, uh, eh, there's no declarations that are going to take place at this point but but you can certainly start yourself down that path and you can either take positive steps you can take negative steps and it, it sounds like uh, some positive steps are being taken here and and there's a lot more to come there's a lot more work to do and it's going to get harder as he gets into main camp and as he gets into joint practices and gets into preseason games and all. i mean every step gets a little bit progressively uh more difficult but uh certainly for by all indications uh sounds like he's put himself in a position where uh he can be part of that conversation. Uh, later on in the in the fall, so that's always a good thing. Uh, Jordan, there's so much out there, but you, you, again, you've covered all of this. Good injury news in some fronts in terms of Jordan Fuller, uh, you know, seeming to be on track for training camp. Less good news in some other areas. Uh, Kyron Williams unfortunately gets his initiation into being a Rams running back, which is unfortunately an injury. Yeah. Um, it just seems like that's just what happens. You're a Rams running back. You know, here's your uh, here's your assigned injury. Uh, not to make light of that. Hope he's hope he's doing okay. Daryl Henderson. Once again, kind of dealing with something, uh, lower body injury. So, um,
1: Yeah, and real quick, Rich, yeah. I saw some mm-hmm. confusion out okay. there too with Daryl. That, like, Sean McVay mentioned that it was a flare-up of an old, or a, a previous injury. Um, and I saw some confusion about, like, that maybe he was still recovering from that old injury that's not the case a flare up of a soft tissue injury is yeah. technically a new injury it just happens to be right. in a sensitized location because it that location has been subjected to stress and trauma so like that
2: right.
1: that's it's a new injury that he is now working through it just happens to be in a spot that's previously given him some trouble i saw some people Uh, that were confused about it saying like, oh no, he's just still recovering from, from something that he had been dealing with, which is not the case. Like Mm, it, this is a new flare up of, of something that he had dealt with, um, in the, in the past. Um, and Kyron, Kyron, I, you know, it looks, it looked, so he was able to walk off the field under his own power. Um, it looked like lower leg foot. Um, he was in a boot and a scooter, on a scooter, but he stayed out at practice. Like he clearly recognizes that he will be a part of this group moving forward. It is June. I wouldn't panic too much about it. Right. And, um, he was able, like he was on the scooter, most of it, but he was able to put, you know, stand on his two feet with the boot on. Um, he was able to, uh, stay out there the entire time. Um, he was cheering on Jake Funk and Cam Akers and Raymond Clay. Raymond Clay is back working with, with his teammates after a season ending injury last year, Um, and so very, very thin room right now, but, uh, Kyron Williams I, I would be probably pretty optimistic about that. I, I wouldn't be like overly probably concerned about that. I could, you know, I could be wrong, you know, these, sometimes these things take a turn, but, um, as of what it looked like, you know, in the short term, he seemed to be in good spirits and it seemed like it was something that, um, you know, he, it, it, it'll just take a few weeks and, and maybe he'll be back for, for training camp.
2: Yeah. And at this point, as as you well know, Jordan, I mean, you're always going to err on the side of caution. I mean, even right. more than you would at any point, there's absolutely I mean, yes, I'm, I shouldn't say I mean, Karen, is a rookie. He does want to be out there and it is important for him to be out there, but nobody's going to push anything for the sake of getting somebody out there, um, in an OTAs practice. So certainly not uncommon. And and as you've written about, you know, a lot of this stuff, whether you want to call it precaution or extra caution, whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, they, they will go the extra mile to make sure that, uh, that guys are ready to be on the field in July when they need to be, rather than right now when it's a little bit more of a luxury. So
1: yeah, I, I don't think, for example, like I guess this, this is probably as clear or as as firm as I could state it. Like I don't think many, even if any guys would, for example, be on the pup list if camp started tomorrow. Right. Like I think right. most of them could could be ready to go and could right. be okay. You don't want to obviously have that be the situation. You want to give everyone the time they need. But like, I really don't think you're looking at any sort of catastrophe here right now with anybody. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now the, the, the time to worry, if, if you're a worrier by nature, the time to worry is when, like you said, Jordan, they're not ready to answer the bell, uh, in the last week of July, if that's the case, then you can start, you know, maybe worrying a little bit more. First week of June, not so much, not so much. But uh, of course, we don't want to see anybody being injured and I uh, hope all those guys are back um, as soon as they can be. Uh, Jordan, so much out there, like like you talked about. We didn't even get to talk about the punters. I mean, that's really a shame, but I know you've been watching uh, those guys closely too. <laughs> That'll be a, a topic for another uh, time. And uh, yeah, mandatory mini camp next week. I hear uh, ma-
1: Donald and Cooper Cup will be there.
2: Oh, I'm going to put that on Twitter. Is it okay if I put that on Twitter? Breaking Uh, news. (laughs) Yes, breaking news. Uh, (laughs) Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I believe. And uh, so that's always an interesting time. I know there's more access um, and you can maybe learn a little bit more.
1: Well, I got to tell you, actually, a bit surprised. I I don't know if they cut a day off or if we only Get two out of the three days, uh-huh. but where it, it should or would be three days, it's only yeah. two now.
2: Yeah, I bet so, I have the answer to that one, but I'll just leave just, that. I'll just leave that without saying.
1: Yeah, just to <laughs> so everyone programming notes, everyone yes. is is aware of what coverage will be coming um, mm-hmm. next week. There will be two days of media access for mini camp, so um, definitely excited to go see what there is to see, yeah. and um, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of guys in the building and. Um, you know, kind of good to see what the vibes are and what people have to say. And and uh, maybe the workload increases just a little bit, but probably not by much, but it'll still be yeah. fun to see everybody.
2: Yeah. And I'm, I'm joking a little bit, but I I've been through a couple of those where they did just chop the third day or they just cut it really short. So they, it, it, we'll, see how that goes, but it, you know, if there's good attendance and they get the, well, it's mandatory, so there should be good attendance, but if they get the work done that they want uh, sometimes they cut those guys loose uh, a day early, but, uh, but certainly Tuesday and Wednesday, and uh, hope to learn some more uh, Jordan, you've been all over it as usual. Uh, the coverage fantastic on the athletic app website, Uh, Great updates on Twitter, at Jordan Rodrigue. We know it'll continue. I will persist in my efforts to get you some days off. (laughs) <laughs> uh, after OTAs end, that is the one time per year of that late June, early July. That is the, that is really the NFL off season using finger quotes. There is, is about four weeks, uh, at the, at the end of uh, June and early July. So we're going to get Jordan to take advantage <laughs> of that. Um, but we will be back. Like I said, excited. I think we're going to have a great podcast guest coming up, uh, the start, not this coming week, but the week after. Maybe, maybe even an opportunity to ask some questions of this person. Oh, maybe. And not just,
1: and not just from uh, from us, the talking head.
2: No, sorry. No, heads.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
2: maybe, Jordan. And I don't boy, I don't want to get anybody too excited here. Like if you're if you're, if you're on the road listening to this, please pull over. Pull
1: but over the car.
2: Maybe even some answers about the uniforms, Jordan that's wow
1: hmm. you know what all you rich all you i know
2: i know they always say don't over deliver or don't over promise and under deliver but no
1: this is good you're just you're you're holding you're holding this person's feet to the fire i am like this is yes this yes we're setting a standard the standard is the standard (laughs) Standard
2: is the standard
1: and none of this news is new
2: (laughs) (laughs) jordan thanks so much uh, at Jordan Rodriguez on Twitter. If you're not a subscriber already, I have good news for you. You can go right now to theathletic.com/slash 11 personnel. You can get all of the mandatory mini camp coverage, and you'll make Jordan happy because you will get her favorite thing in the entire world, other than her dog Jordan or her dog Tucker. <laughs>
1: What a slip. I know. Who is the dog and who's the owner, truly? After you see this picture, yes, you will question no, that No, it's a yourself. fair question. But yeah. <laughs> Tucker made it
2: through the entire podcast without, uh, without making a noise. So other than that, and now that I've botched my own setup here, you will get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, which is what
1: a great discount. You guys, my favorite thing in the entire world. Also, I love when you guys tweet this at me that you've taken advantage of this opportunity. Um, anytime you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world, which is a great discount. We are super excited uh, for the the mini, the mini Rams mini camp. We're excited for our next guest. We're excited to have you guys all along uh, the journey with us as we sort of head into the void of this offseason and, and see what there is to see. And as always, be well and we'll catch you next week.